Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. So you with us again on Digital Voices. We represent all the digital voices across all of health and life sciences. So to include providers and payers and high tech and retail, but most importantly, the patient. But one thing that we often remember as we have these discussions is the need for innovation and how important it is to collaborate within our organizations in order to really do sort of that next gen feature function that really help with the patient experience as well as the clinician experience. So really excited to talk up deeper on that topic today with our cool, cool guests who I'll introduce in just a second. So uh, DJ Sydney, really quick, what's the best partnership? So, you know, in order for innovation and transformation to happen in healthcare, there has to be really good partnerships internally as well as externally. What, what's a partnership that you've had or you can think of that really led to something fantastic? As always, Ed, that's a very good question. I'd probably have to think about it a little longer, but the first thing that comes to mind is probably when I was in high school and my best friend and I decided to work at a daycare. And it was very nice because one, we would be able to work together. And two, if one of us ever needed a shift covered, we would get like be the first person that each other would ask. So it was very nice having it's a friend that you can trust and rely on. So I think that's big in a partnership. Yeah, no, those are good. Those are good examples. And we'll see if uh, Josh and Nick, our guests, pick up on some of those same uh, themes. So I do want to introduce both Josh and Nick. So Josh is a digital leader, an innovator, a patient, right? We're all patients, but I know Josh, without saying too much, uh, you know, you because you wrote about it, you you uh, are also a, have been a patient. And you work very closely with uh, Nick. So Nick's the CMIO. You're both with Houston Methodist. Uh, Nick is the CMIO as well as the chief quality officer for one of the hospitals. So that's kind of cool. And an entrepreneur and both just really good people that I've got to know over the last few years. And so when I think about innovation and digital transformation, Houston Methodist always jumps to the top. And it's not just because we have a common friend in Robert Erdley or Darby Dennis and all, all these great people that have served with you all, but truly you all are doing some pretty cool things that help with the patient experience, help with clinical quality, help with clinician experience. So we're going to get into some of that, but thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be on. So I'm going to let Josh and Nick introduce themselves in addition to the brief introduction that I just gave, but they're much more fascinating telling their own story. But first, two questions we always ask each guest. And so Josh, we'll start with you on both of these and then we'll flip to Nick. What's your favorite music? And then <laughs> life mantra or, you know, life message or purpose, that sort of thing. So Josh, go for it. Yeah. So uh, my name is Josh Soul. I'm an administrative director at Houston Methodist. Uh, my focus is on innovation as well as clinical medical device and ambulatory outpatient systems. So uh, I guess my my mantra would be to uh, you know think about the art of the possible. What can we do in healthcare? What what hasn't been done? What what is possible and what is out there? 
Uh, and then I guess my favorite music, you know, right now I'm on a big Texas country uh, kick. Um, you know, Whiskey Myers is one of my favorites right now. So I'll, I'll just, I'll give them a plug as we're out there. All right, awesome. I'll have to look that one up, uh, Whiskey Myers. Is it a band or a person? It's a band. A band, all right, I'll look it up. Uh, Nick, what about you? All right, so uh, my name is Nicholas Desai. I'm the Chief Medical Information Officer, and uh, Josh Sol and I are, are the yin and the yang to what we call healthcare innovation here at Houston Methodist. Uh, we, I've known Josh for, God, 10-plus years now. Ten years, and, uh, yeah. And we've continued to grow collectively in both our careers and our friendships because we have very similar mindsets uh, of wanting to pursue the untapped, right? We want to continue to innovate, iterate, and at the same time adopt and, and assimilate, right? We want to do all of those all in one, in one sentence, if you will. Um, but most importantly... My, my still go-to song is I'm going to age myself is still going to be is, is Foreigner. I still love Foreigner as a band. And it's like when I'm really down and out, that's what I'm listening to. I'm in the shower, that's what I'm listening to. So no matter what, I'm, no matter what I might say or do, but that's, what, that's my go-to. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love Foreigner. You know, um, when you said that, I was thinking about Jukebox Hero. I could see the cover of the album. And, uh, and, and back, you know, I, back in the, at the prom, my senior year prom, it was all about, I've been waiting for a girl like you. That was uh, yeah, the big hit. You clearly don't want me to be singing on this podcast today. Uh, I actually yeah. do. I think that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. So it's great having you, as I said. So let's start this time with Nick. Just tell us your story, Nick. You're a, obviously an accomplished physician. You're an entrepreneur. Uh, you already shared, you know, your title, what you do, but tell us a little bit about yourself personally, how you got to that place. Yeah, so clearly, you know, um, physician by trade, and if you ever look back, you know, 17 plus years ago, today is actually my 21st, 21st year anniversary of practicing medicine. And I'll tell you, I don't think I would have ever thought that this is where I would have been, right? Um, but I think the, the, my journey map has been probably similar to most others, right? Whether it's Josh, whether it's you, um, you ask the right questions, you keep probing for the right answers, you don't get them, so you seek solutions to find them. And so I started my career path as a physician that eventually got into, landed a role in um, hospital operations and became a leading person for a, another health systems informatics group. And then eventually from there, took on a role at Houston Methodist and kind of grew up the ranks. But along the way, I also became an entrepreneur. I put several different companies together. I've helped innovate certain products and whether it's on the life sciences, surgical side and or bringing companies to life, right? Whether in the, in the tech world and also served as advisors to other, other organizations or other uh, equity firms out there. So that's kind of been my journey map. But the reality is I'm, I'm the chief agitation officer or the chief cheerleader for innovation. And that's really my favorite title is go go poke the bear and figure it out. And uh, and I've got a good partner, and that's Josh, who you're going to hear from next, is going to tell us. So together, that's kind of how we try to solve our, our curiosities uh, in the world of healthcare innovation. Yeah, so Nick Nick is uh, really humble in his story. His his story is uh, fantastic. Um, and you get to talk to him; it's it's really inspiring. And so, you know, mine mine I uh, I grew up in Sugarland, Texas, 
Um, you know, went to college in a few different colleges, Minnesota, wound up in California, uh, started working in healthcare as a personal trainer at an outpatient uh, rehab facility. And, uh, you know, met my, met my now wife, said, you can no longer be a personal trainer. You got to get serious. I'm like, okay, sounds great. So I uh, started working in kind of the outpatient sales area as a physician liaison and noticed that the only thing that we could compete with, uh, with your Quest or LabCorp was, you know, being able to connect our physicians to the hospital so that we could get the reference labs there faster. That grew into a medical foundation being built out in uh, Northern California. I helped to implement next-gen EMR and practice management, got to sit inside of practices, learn about practice operations and workflow, partnering with physicians, partnering with administrators, figuring out the ways to implement EMRs. Um, my wife got pregnant with twins. Uh, California is super expensive, so we moved to Texas, back to my hometown. Um, and then through the years at Houston Methodist, uh, we've been able to grow, and my team has grown year over year with support of Dr. Desai, Robert Early, Ken Lechtman, Michelle Stansberry, Roberta Schwartz, all the names at Houston Methodist that really resonate through the years have helped me to grow my career. And the last three, four years have really been driven on innovation, breaking down barriers. EMRs have been uh, implemented now for 14, 15 years. It's ripe for disruption. How do we do that? How do we figure out how to positively transform things? And, you know, bouncing ideas off of Dr. Desai, we have a lot of trust. He's like, you're crazy. I'll tell him he's crazy. And then we'll go back and forth. We figure out the right solution. And we're actually piloting a couple of things that we'll share with you guys uh, here shortly that we think is going to really transform how healthcare, um, not only in the outpatient space, but also in the operating room is being delivered. Yeah, you, I can vouch for both of you. You know, your fan, I know both of you personally, and I've met some of your children and spouse and um, <laughs> Awesome. You're awesome people. I, I'm, I'm kind of jealous right now as I listen that I can't uh, work directly with you. So let's talk about some of those examples, Josh and Nick. And then I want to go real practical because there's going to be a bunch of people listening that are like, dang, I wish I had that sort of partnership. And that's what I want to concentrate on after they hear some of the cool things that you all are doing. And then that way, you know, we can provide some value and hopefully bring change to their healthcare organization as well. So, yeah, Josh and Nick, whoever. Uh, tell us about some of the cool things you've done and are doing or thinking about. Well, I'll start by kind of just kind of landscaping how we approach items, right? And so we've continued to have the ebbs and flows in healthcare. And I think the biggest kind of takeaway that we've had is we, we focused on the experience, the consumer experience. And that consumer isn't just a patient. That consumer is any consumer of healthcare, which is me as a physician, a nurse, a staff member, whomever. And so one of the things we've continued to be to iterate to is we need to remain competitive in this changing healthcare consumer landscape. And so one of the you know takeaways we always think about is not just about finding the solutions for problems we live in today, but what are those next series or next cascading moments which will pivot us to help solve things as we continue to grow? Right. So that's probably how to kind of help land, kind of set the stage of how Josh and I approach with our health org with our organization on our approach. We stick to our fundamentals. We're very focused on our core. But, but beyond that, let's let's now think inventive ways to kind of solve the bigger mass problem, if you will. Um, one of the things we'll talk through in this series with you is uh, our, our impact on leveraging what does 
clinical care, how do you deliver clinical care or redefine clinical care in the future state? One of those topics we'll talk about today is voice, right? And something we're leveraging is saying we're double downing on voice. You know, people talk about natural language processing. People talk about digital technologies. Oh, well, we can use different ways of taking structured and unstructured data. But we definitely collectively as a unit believe voice can really help redefine the way we collectively just transform the delivery of certain solutions. And uh, I'll turn it over to you, Josh, for a minute, if you want to kind of chime into that. Yeah, no, we, we are. And, and um, Nick said it very well. You know, we, we got to travel around as soon as our, our organization really put a focus on innovation. Um, Dr. Mark Boom, Roberta Schwartz, our chief innovation officer, uh, really put a focus on how does Houston Methodist continue to innovate? We travel around. We went to AWS, Amazon Web Services, Apple. Uh, Microsoft, we went to the different big tech companies to see and learn from them. How did they do it? How did they create a consumer-based experience? We put the patients in the center of everything that we do. We also put our physicians and usability in the center of what we do and our clinicians. We focus on that usability component. And who better? Amazon. Think about Amazon as they go through it. They know who you are. They imagine, they, they, they have your information, of course, but they know how you are and how you practice. What if healthcare could be that way? And so when Nick and I go out and we, we talk to different folks and different vendors, different groups, we think about how can we apply that into the Houston Methodist world? Our voice technologies are really focused on leveraging eye, eye contact for physician to patient, removing the monotonous clicking and manual typing. That's our goal. We want to remove the EMR from the exam room. And if we can do that and just get back to that normal conversation without having to worry about the note, capturing all the appropriate data that's there, right? Let's get it all in and make sure we capture everything. But let's put that patient uh, to physician relationship back away from the computer and blocked by what's in front of them. So, so three questions that are very fundamental to every leader should be asking themselves as they approach these type of solutions. It's, you know, what you know when you think about the experience or what you're designing it's what's what what's most important to that person you're the end user whether that's the patient or their family what experience do you want them to envision and value and then how do you want to deliver it and what setting will you deliver this in right and so for us uh, what we've done is we've been able to work with aws and what we're happy to present that we're on the brink of a launch of a solution that we'll be launching of using voice in two different ways. One is called ambient listening, where we actually have an active listening speaker that can help to be essentially a physician or any user's digital assistant on your shoulder, right? Just listening in, taking in the nuances. So you and I could be having a conversation, Ed, and all of a sudden there might be an inflection or a nuance that you might have said I would have technically missed if I was simply relying on a macro or some form of just transcription service tool that I might have had, whereas that might have picked up that, oh, yeah, Ed went on a trip, and maybe that's where he's the, he picked up that itch, and that itch became a scratch, and that scratch became a wound, et cetera, and essentially we can kind of di dissect that. But I might have lost that in just conversational speak. So having a digital assistant always helps. So we are double downing on in one aspect of world, the world of ambient listening to take that unstructured level of conversation and put it into a structured format. So A, it helps 
the next person, i.e. the user myself in this scenario, to help create a note to take down important information and maybe help also synthesize syntax appropriately. Now, the flip side of that is we also live in a world where in a very high velocity, high flow world where voice can also be driven to do task commands. So if you think of utterances or you think of these other ways of kind of driving solutions, um, Josh and team have helped design and develop a tool um, that's used in the operating room. And this is a speaker that we have that will be helped to drive OR commands or skills commands, just like we would natively use on an Alexa device or what have you to where you can call up certain things. Now, if you will, Ed, just close your eyes and just imagine, if you will, with me that you're in an operating room setting and it's a very high velocity environment. And all of a sudden, I need to know what your medications are or I need to know how much blood loss you've had. Or by the way, I need to know if our consent reads the same exact way. Oftentimes, these are manual, people-driven processes. Now, if you will, now in our world now, as of you know, in a very short period, we'll be able to use our voice to ask the computer to call up the commands of "Hey, show me the consent," and it'll visually kind of mark off the box, or "Show me the the medications," and it'll populate on an eighty-inch screen for me. But the use of my voice with no hands. So remembering that in a moment and with giving that freedom allows you to kind of have that manipulative ability in a high velocity environment. So again, two scenarios, one in a clinical setting, one in an operating room setting where we're able to use voice as the fundamental platform. So one thing you'll learn from Josh and our conversation is at Houston Methodist, we take widgets and we make platform plays out of them, right? So we take things that are singular uh, items and instead of taking them in from one bucket of work, we take an item and we flip it to figure out how we can solve multiple solutions across the board. So, Josh, to you. I don't even know where to go with that. I think I think you've said it all in that those those sentences. I mean, you described it perfectly. I think the one thing yeah. I would say is the fun part about this was partnering with with Nick, and we go up into the mighty institute. We're prototyping. I've got a gown on. He's got a gown on, and we're practicing these commands with people watching and, and I learned where we have it in this this prototyping area and nurses come in and then they're like well you know surgeons operate with music right and we're like oh okay so we have to say hey computer microphone listens well they listen to rap music they listen to heavy metal they listen to classical <laughs> rap music didn't work with this prototype so we know that heavy metal couldn't capture a darn thing classical actually worked you could play classical over it and that was just you know it's just kind of a cool experience when we go into these prototyping um opportunities on this technology where we are developing a platform uh we get we get to try out some really cool stuff so so i yeah. have to tell you ed our our probably but our what we're not talking about is our secret sauce right our secret sauce is really the fact that we've got a very collective coordinated senior leadership team that has that what differentiates Houston Methodist probably from other innovation camps, if you will, is that both of us, if you're speaking to us, we live one leg in operations and we live one leg in innovation. So our fundamentals stay kind of connected at the body level, right? So we're always working in unison to ensure that we're working in a very parallel fashion across the board. So 
the fact that our leadership across the board, everyone from our EV, our Dr. Boom down and across our entire Center for Innovation Leadership Board plays these roles collectively and they allow us to play these roles, right? So having that kind of visualization of, of what could be is always tied back to a, what we need to do and how we do it together. And so that really is probably our biggest winning secret sauce here at Houston Methodist is we partner with both operations and innovation in the same sentence, in the same kind of same title, if you will. And that's what you'll find that most of us all live dual hats or three or maybe, you know, I always tell people you haven't made it a Methodist until you at least have two to three hats on. Right. <laughs> and so that's kind of what we do because we all were learned to play well together. And that's probably our biggest secret sauce, Ed. Yeah, those those are great examples of some of the innovation and practice that you've brought to Houston Methodist. And to your point, Nick and Josh, you know, you already hit on a lot of the things that we're looking for in terms of making this practical. But, you know, that collaboration with operations, wearing multiple hats, Josh, getting in there, putting on the gowns, actually trying it yourself, listening, discovering, all that is huge. So I want to sort of point us now in a couple of practical areas, although that's already been very practical. Uh, but one would be, so if I were to listen to you and sort of break it down, there's really two main things. One is your ability to partner with one another. Now, obviously you're partnering with operations much broader, but it starts with the two of you. So what is something, so, so many people don't have this, right? We assume, you probably assume what you have is normal between the two of you, but it's not. So let's say, Josh, you were talking to peers or CIOs or CDOs in other organizations. How, what's one thing that you would tell them to really connect with their CMIO or physician leader? And then we're going to go to Nick and do it in reverse. So like, what's one key thing? You know, I think, I think Sydney said it best. Trust. Establish that trust. And when you trust someone across the aisle from you, the sky's the limit. And, you know, if, I, I actually reported to Nick for a long period of time. So we had to trust and perform. And so that helped to garner the relationship. And, um, you know, as, as long as we were performing and, and open and honest and transparent conversation, that I think is really important um, as we go through our, our the ebbs and flows of our experience uh, together. Yeah, that's really good. And Nick, what about you? Uh, speaking to physician colleagues, you know, what what would you recommend how they could best work with you know their digital or technical counterparts? I mean, I think you've got to find you've got to find their Achilles heel, right? You got to find their interest. You know, so the ways we connect with doctors, nurses, and other caregivers in our health system is to find what really really piques their interest. So we we figure out what their consumer preferences might be, what those pressures are. And then we help to solve those problems collectively. But having a format to have that vote, that conversation is very important. Um, I would ask any CMIO, CDO, CIO, or anyone out there in that C-suite world, collectively bring your people together um, to understand what their net needs are if you want to gain buy-in. And then start with small steps. I mean, part of our initial conversations, if you... If you watch our Houston Methodist Center for Innovation journey is we were just a group of people who got together literally week by week to really talk about projects and things we wanted to do. Um, and I'll let Josh kind of 
um, you, you tell you what DIOP stands for, but that's really who we were. We called ourselves almost like we were like a book club, right? And we kind of came together and then eventually matured out of that into a full-blown process. But I think it's really important to kind of help foster that behavior and that culture. So the one thing that we have that I would ask anyone else to think about is think about your culture and how you innovate culture into your kind of mantra. So if you look at our tagline, it's really unparalleled safety, quality, service, and get this, innovation, right? That's our last tag word. And that's kind of baked into every person, every whether it's a leader to a inbound applicant, those are the words that are, are kind of prefaced across for all of us. And so I would encourage culture being named as one of the key things that you start to shift and change. Yeah, that was really transformational. You know, putting that innovation in there uh, was set the mantra, uh, set the course. And we firmly believe in DIOP, digital innovation obsessed people, that 25,000 employees that we have at Houston Methodist can come up with an idea to innovate. It doesn't have to be technology. It could be workflow. It could also be technology because I like technology, but it doesn't have to be. And so that was, that's been a big driving force is that everybody can innovate. We just have to show them the way. Okay, so on another practical area, so I said one was what you just described. How do you develop that relationship with your digital counterpart, your clinical counterpart? Now, some skeptics would say, okay, well, that's fine, but you know, part of the magic sauce, which Nick already mentioned, is the culture of your organization. So what if I don't have that culture? So imagine if we pulled Nick and Josh out, you're like the dream team. I know it's more than just you two, acknowledge that. Um, but let's just say we pull the two of you out and put you into a health system that wasn't progressive, that didn't have the same sort of innovation, the same sort of culture. And that's the world that many live in, right? So they might be good intentioned leaders like the two of you, but are sort of in this very difficult place. So what would you do if the two of you were suddenly in this organization which wasn't as culturally ready? What might be one or two things that you would do to help create what you have at Houston Methodist? So I think the first one, I'll take the first part of that, Josh. Uh, first, part of this is really around helping your organization understand prioritization and keeping it real time, right? To understand what are your net needs? What are you trying to solve? Um, you know, we, we've come from this traditional mode in, in a technology world of, it was just implementation one after another, after another, after another, and it was widgets and platforms and solutions and what have you. But rather we need to start to take a pause and rethink what are those four core areas or maybe five areas that you really want to focus on and want to build your story of behind. And if you start to think about that, those are the hardest decisions to make. And I would probably start there, right? Of saying, help me define that so then I can help you outline that and gain the momentum for that. Uh, but I think that has to start somewhere um, because you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have the unlimited checkbook. You can solve problems doing whatever it might be. You just have to be able to think creatively. Josh? I think describing the why. Why is this important? Can you get people excited? Ed, I think, I think you posted this. It was either on your Twitter account. I don't know. I follow you on, on, any, on what you got. And uh, I think you said, you know, digital transformation has to be about a story and what's important. And to be an innovator, you have to be able to tell that story and get people excited behind you. 
and drive that momentum. And as you get little wins, continue to iterate, continue to proceed. And it doesn't have to be perfect, and it's okay to fail. You have to allow for failure. Failure is a great thing. The question is, was the mission right? Was the application right? Was there something that just happened? Failure is good as long as you learn from it. You learn more from a failure than you could potentially do from a success. And I think allowing your teams, allowing your groups, allowing your organizations to have that type of mentality is important to help transform, as you poignantly say, transform and tell a story about why it's important. Yeah, so this it's is, funny. Go, go ahead. It's, yeah. fun, it's funny. People talk about, you know, that they want to, they understand agility and fail fast. But if people really looked at the definition of fail fast, it really resonates, right, when you really read it, which is really simply put is it's the principle of freely experimenting and learning while you're trying to reach your outcome, right, your desired outcome. And so if you just think about that, that's really all we're doing. We're assessing, we're innovating, we're adopting, we're iterating, and we continue that cycle. And when we keep doing that, that's the methodology. And that's how you kind of move forward. Yeah, this has been really rich. I mean, we could go, we'll have to have you back because we could go for hours on this topic because you all have so much great practical ideas about what others can do. And if I can just summarize really quick, but I'm gonna give you both the last word, is I've, we've taken away two arguments that we hear a lot. One is I don't have a partner. You know, I can't work with the clinicians or clinicians, I can't work with IT. You both gave examples how you can overcome that barrier within your organization. Then the other, the other obstacle that many face is that, oh my gosh, I get it but my organization doesn't get it. And again, you both gave really practical steps that one can use to overcome the challenges. So no matter where you are and no matter who you're partnered with, you can make this happen. You can bring digital transformation to your organization. So we did cover a lot of ground. We covered who you both were because it's fast, you're both fascinating individuals. We covered sort of your journey. Then we covered what cool things Houston Methodist and the entire team there, uh, how you all work together doing great things. And I say cool, but you know what I really mean is that you're, you're bringing about a better experience for patients and clinicians and helping save people's lives. And then talking about these barriers and how to overcome it. So given all that, I'm gonna give both of you the last word. Maybe something we missed, something else you wanted to say, double down on, whatever it is, the, the floor is yours. Josh. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, I, I'm just gonna just mention, you know, um keep pushing on the art of the possible. Healthcare is ripe for disruption and we can really, really change our patient's experience, our clinician's experience, and, and through technology or process improvement, we can change the perception of how healthcare is delivered for the better. And I'd say it, to just to piggyback on that, to end that is it is our time to redefine healthcare. It is our time to re reshape the way we deliver health in the way we deliver and how do you make caring change in the delivery of the health care. So that's what, you know, at the end of the day, we're all in it for the same reason. We want to make people's lives better. We want to push the envelopes to find creative solutions and at the end um, have fun doing it. That's probably the biggest lesson learned. Uh, people ask me all the time, what do you like doing? I'm, I'm doing it. I'm having fun doing it. So, you know, this is as long as we keep doing that, it's never going to get boring. Yeah, and I, and I think people picked up on it, but just in case, I've been taking lots of notes. It's really about 
this calm urgency. You both are very cool people, like uh, very, I mean cool in two ways, right? Like cool like as a hip, but also cool like and relaxed. But you have a, a calm, what I call a calm urgency. You know the t clock is ticking. You know you've been put here to do something special and you're doing it. The other thing is the collaboration, which you, got, you all you talked about a lot. Uh, the last point, Nick, you made was having fun, enjoying yourself. Life is short. We spend so much time at work. You might as well do good things, great things for people and, and have a great time. And that's where that relationship comes with and you work together for so long. And the final thing, and, and you both had underlying currents of this and everything that you said is the empathy. You both are very caring, very empathetic people who are passionate about what you do. I see that with your families. I see it with your work. And we're so honored that you spent, you know, 30 minutes with us today. So thank you for being on our podcast. Thank you very much for having us. All right. That wraps up another edition of Digital Voices. Stay tuned next week. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff, and we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.